half of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and well, powerful spells. She's actually sending me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Twenty years ago, three young friends realized they were witches. They scattered to different parts of the world, following magic and spirit. Now, they're back in their hometown to share what they've learned. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast, your home for living as a witch in today's world. Welcome, everybody. We are starting the new year with a new episode of That Witch Life Podcast. I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, Hillary. Hello. And Courtney. Hello. And who are you? I'm me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, for people who are first listening, this is Kan- Kanani is the one hosting the episode today. I'm just I'm just going to spend forever assuming that people either know or don't care, and I'm really fine with either one. It's fine that they don't know my name or that they already know my name. Either way, it works out. But All right. We are super excited because Teresa Reed is going to be joining us again, and she's going to be talking to us again about her forecast for 2021. For our listeners, you will remember her from last year where she gave us her forecast for 2020 which was unfortunately very accurate. So we're hoping she has some better news for us for 2021 because I was, <laughs> I was not thrilled about her accuracy with 2020 and the fact that she was, in fact, quite clear and accurate. And the other thing we'll have coming up is uh, Hillary is also going to be giving us a musical recommendation. So that's going to be fabulous. Yes, indeed. And how is everybody doing now that we are in the new year? I just woke up from a series of very strange dreams. Like, I, I always have weird dreams the week after Christmas, and a lot of them are prophetic, and I'm not entirely sure what this amounts to, but I dreamt that I was at an interfaith conference, which I attend a lot of those, and I was the only witch, which is often what happens, at least I'm the only out witch, and I was surrounded by Christian pastors, which, again, is part of my life and part of what I do for a living, and... <laughs> And uh, got into an argument with a German pastor and two American women pastors and saying that there is no such thing as virginity and sin is not real. And they all got really upset and then they broke down and started processing their shadow work right in front of me. And so I started counseling them. And then it looked, turns out that we were at the Enchanted Forest the whole time. Oh my God. So <laughs> <laughs> That's like all of your issues rolled into one dream. I like, know. I it's it. like... The codependency, um, the the trying to to argue with people who won't hear, and then also um, the enchanted your obsessive, forest. Your the obsessive love of enchanted forest. Yeah, um, except there was a rat infestation at the enchanted forest, which no. I did not like. Did not like that. So I don't. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about what that might mean for my 2021, but I'll figure it out. But I'm also saying this with some love friends because I know we have Christians that listen. It, it, it's just. Um, I often find myself in the the space of, yes, I'm the only witch in the room, and everybody's terrified for the first day of the conference, and by the end, they're all confessing that they, too, are secret witches, but are now hired by the church. So all of y'all out there, your pastor is probably a witch and just um, isn't really able to say because of their job, but they're calling me on the weekends to talk magic. So, yeah. (laughs) 
just a, just an FYI. I remember I had a lot of crazy dreams the last couple of weeks, but I'm terrible about remembering my dreams. Yeah. The only dream that I specifically remember because it was so fabulous, and don't tell my husband. Luckily, he doesn't listen to the podcast. Is as soon as you said fabulous, I'm like she was dreaming about Luke Perry. I just know it, it. wasn't Luke Perry, sadly, but I was having a baby with Anderson Cooper and this hot Spanish guy. And the hot Spanish guy wasn't an actor. So although he did resemble Jason Momoa, but he wasn't like a, a person that I know. And then the other was Anderson Cooper and we turned into a thruple and we were very excited. That's all I remember. I love it. I love it. It was my, my first thruple dream and it involved Anderson Cooper and a Jason Momoa lookalike, which seems to be quite fitting. That's my wow. life. Wow. Like, what do you, what, what do you even say to that? <laughs> I, I, right? I don't know. It was the most bizarre and yet fun and fabulous. And like I said, I've had some like really intense dreams, but I, I have such a hard time remembering them. That one stood out. I like remembered the entire thing. I replayed it in my head over and over again. And I'm just like, wow, these are my life problems. How are Anderson Cooper and I can explain this to people? You'll be watching the news with your husband. He'll be like, why are you smirking? And you'll be like, because Anderson's just such a great reporter. He's my boyfriend, Don. <laughs> he knows they're all my boyfriend. Anderson's my boyfriend. Don Lemon's my boyfriend. There's a bunch of sports athletes I call my boyfriend. He's used to it. <laughs> I forgot to mention one other thing I did. So on Christmas night, I drank a lot of wine, and I got on Instagram video, and I played Christmas carols on my violin. Oh, my God. I watched it. I watched. <laughs> I it did. was awesome. That's- well, that was one of the things I picked up during the pandemic as I bought a violin for $75. I played when I was a kid and I'd always regretted giving it up. I gave it up for the lamest reason, which was very real at the time, but it's because the kids were making fun of me and bullying me and actually getting kind of physical with me on the school bus. And I guess then it wasn't a dumb reason, but I was, you know, and instead of like talking to my parents to come up with another plan, I just quit. And you know, as soon as I got the violin back in my hands, this poor thing was so neglected. It had been sitting in someone's attic for like 10 years and was covered with cobwebs and was in really bad shape. And I took it to the violin repair person and he looked at it and he goes, this is not a good violin. I said, excuse me, I need it fixed. And so I ended up spending like 200 bucks getting it fixed, which was way more than I paid for it. But now her name is Gina and we love each other. And this is my instrument. Like I've played guitar, I played piano, um, I sang for a long time, but I realized, no, actually my instrument is the violin. It took me till I was almost 40 to really figure that out. But um, Gina and I had a little concert. Of course, I was screechy in some places because I've only been playing for six months. And I was also drinking. I thought you sounded pretty good. I was like, when I saw you getting, I was, when I like opened it, I was like, wow, this is going to be bold. Because like, I didn't realize (laughs) that you A, had played before at all. And B, like usually... Like, I felt like it's for six months, I felt like it sounded pretty damn good. So, like, I was very impressed. Well, thank you, Ree. I appreciate that. But yeah, I thought you're doing and a I'm, great job. And one of Kanani's friends was like posting all these comments saying, Oh my God, all this hidden talent. And I said, What's going to happen is she's going to run back to Kanani and say, Courtney was playing the violin. And Kanani's going to say, She doesn't play the violin. And she said, But no, she was. Kanani's like, That was someone else. Because Kanani only heard me tell her once that I was playing the violin. And so I knew that she'd forgotten. So I don't know if our friend ever wrote to you and was like, guess what? No, they did not. It's like Kanani's going to deny it and say that was a mirage. That was someone else. That was a clone. 
you think that someone calling me to tell me that you're doing something weird is going to rattle <laughs> hey, me? Hey, hey, hey. The like, violin really? isn't weird. You're no, weird but, but for Courtney not playing doing, the violin. Courtney doing something rando is like <laughs> not an awkward conversation for me to have. Like this is this is the history of the last what, 25 years? No, 27 years of my life. <laughs> Someone could tell Drinking. me, did you know Courtney was eating mud the other day? Like, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like something she would do. I mean, if maybe. I was, there would be a very good purpose for it. And you know what? Well, that's, that's, what I'm it saying. that's why there's nothing that I would be like, no, she would never. It's like, well, probably she would. I don't know why, but I'm sure she has a reason. And then two years later, Kanani will be doing it, saying that she figured it out on her own. And that oh she's like, God. oh, I forgot you did that. That's how things work. But yeah, that's what I did. Two years later, when she's posting her video, she's going to be like, oh, did you play the violin? I didn't. You I wasn't <laughs> sure. So Hillary also has been fostering another baby piglet. Yes. So we have, um, there were a bunch of piglets that needed fostering and we offered to help. And now we have... Uh, just one piglet. Uh, we have uh, his name is Frito, um, and Frito is pretty adorable. Um, and he is—he's got to be like three and a half weeks now, um, and he's really funny. Uh, my roommate took him to work, and he like ran around their warehouse, which was really funny. It's um, so cute. Yeah, it's really really cute. Uh, so he—it's been awesome having him. Um, we'll have him for a few more days. Um, and then let's see. And then on Christmas day, we just hung out at the house and I zoomed or zoomed or uh, FaceTimed with my family. Um, and then we went to see the zoo lights, which is like a light display here for those in Portland, you'll know, but it's a big, um, light display that they made drive through this year, uh, which we were really excited about. Cause I was like, I really want to go see some pretty lights, but like, how are we going to do that safely? And then, yeah, they did this drive through display and it was really good. There were so many lights. It was so pretty. Kanani, you went. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. We loved zoo lights. I love, we go almost every year and usually it's something you walk through. And so I absolutely loved the whole drive through experience because you're in your nice warm car and you can play Christmas music and you can drink cocoa and we ordered the elephant ears and so we just had an absolute blast. So I've heard a lot of people who feel the same where it's like we're kind of hoping they keep it as a drive through experience because it's just so much more fun. Okay. Uh, one of the things that popped up that was absolutely terrifying is we just wanted to uh, give a shout out to our friends and listeners in Nashville. We know we have quite a few. And there was recently the bomb that went off downtown. And that is horrible and scary. And we just want to let everyone know that we're thinking about you. And I don't even know what to say. It's just, it's sad. And, yeah. you know, we're thinking about you and we, we hope you're okay. And, and you've got a lot of love and support across the country of people who are wishing you well right now. Exactly. So moat that. So moat that. And Hillary, you actually have a musical recommendation for us. I do. And I am going to apologize ahead of time because I do not speak Icelandic and this artist is from Iceland. Um, and so I apologize if I butcher... <laughs> butcher how these things should be said. Um, so yes. Yeah, so this artist, um, is his name is Sigurbody Gretarsson and Sigurbody is a, is a really incredible, uh, uh, Icelandic artist who, uh, whose, uh, music is really inspired by 
um, Nordic mythology, Icelandic folklore. And the, he's a singer and he also uses a number of instruments and it's just like really, really, really rich, beautiful music with so many layers. And I love it because I feel like it just puts you into that place of these, these like, I mean, I feel, I feel like it takes you into the stories of these myths. Um, and I just think it's so magical. Uh, and I really, I, he's been involved in so many projects with other bands as well. And this album that he put out came out uh, in August of 2020, and it is killer. So he has very, very kindly allowed us to play a clip of the music um, on the podcast, which I am ever grateful for. Um, And we'll link the whole album in, in our show notes because you should definitely go and support him. His music is really incredible. Um, And this song is called Upruni Ruana. So here we go. Incredible. I mean, Icelandic music music is just so. I mean, so witchy. It's just like I know. I don't even and, think I mean to, but it's so magical. I mean, I think just like there's Nordic folk music, Icelandic folk music is just yes. so mesmerizing. Yeah, the whole album is stunning. I mean, you definitely have to check it out. Uh, again, that piece was called Upruni Runana. Run, <laughs> Upruni Runana. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully I pronounced that right and not like, so it's like the worst when you're American and like, actually I'm pretty good with languages, but I have zero reference point for Icelandic. We'll link the album to, into our show notes, uh, and please go check it out. The whole thing is incredible. Uh, there's, I think like 10 or 11 tracks on there. Um, I think for me, music like that, I love how it's just so haunting and yeah, I, the reason I think I like a lot of that stuff when it's I specifically like it when it's in a different language because I feel like when you don't understand the language you just get lost in the sound. Yeah, and it just it, it the sound just envelops you, and that's so like I because I'm I was thinking in my head I'm like you know if I knew what he was singing I don't think I would enjoy this quite so much because then you think about the words, but when you don't know the words you just kind of the sound just kind of takes you over and your brain can just kind of get in and just relax. And I just, I, I absolutely love that kind of ethereal sound. And I think, you know, music that is based on folklore and mythology, right. Um, it, it, a lot of these artists, when you look, listen to artists like that, they build like the, the whole track is the story. So it's like, 
it's not just the words, it's the it's the soundscape that they build that transports you into the story they're trying to tell. And I think that that is really what he's done here is like you really listen. I mean, you are. You feel the story. That's awesome. And Courtney, you had a shout out for us too. Yes. And this one is about me. I am actually teaching three. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's all about me. I am teaching three okay, virtual that's, classes. Okay, that's my part. Like that's who that's that's my role in the show. Like it's it's all about me. So I don't know what you're okay, doing sure. right now, but this is not working. All right. So maybe are you teaching virtual classes at Catlin? Let's Books just tell this year? people that, but then you can do it. I see. I like that. Oh, so goodness. I will get the credit, but then you do. Uh, see, I like. Oh that. my god, this is working for me. This is this is better. All right. Anyway. I am teaching three virtual classes through Catland Books on um, this month in January. On the 11th, I'm teaching a class on Bridget, the goddess. On the 18th, uh, the goddess, the Morgan. And then on the 25th, the goddess, Hecate. So again, these are virtual. You can take them from anywhere and they are recorded. So if this is not the right time zone for you, um, you can just you know watch them at your leisure on, on your own time as you'll get an email to the recording. Um, so links to, you can either go to catlandbooks.com and register for the classes there. We will also have the registration links on our show notes on our website at thatwitchlife.com. Would really love to see some listeners there. We have a lot of fun in my classes and um, I'm just excited to be sharing this again. That's all. See, that was nice and short. And kind of a fun uh, segue of what Courtney was talking about. One of the Fun things we have planned is we will be releasing our Imolk spell kits, and yes. we're going to be releasing those this week, as, as well as we are going to have an Imolk spell kit that you can buy. We're going to have kind of a deluxe spell kit that will include a signed copy of Courtney's Bridget's book. So. Yeah. I'm I'm super excited about that. I think people are going to love that. So you'll get the typical spell kit, but you will also get with it a signed copy of Courtney's book. Yes. Which is awesome. It's an awesome book. Thank you, Hillary. So definitely check that out on our Etsy site. That will be our newest spell kit that comes out. And the other thing I wanted to remind people that we heard a lot of last year, which is I thought was really fun, is for those of you who maybe haven't seen our Etsy site yet, we have spell cards each of us wrote three different spells and you can buy a spell card with one of our podcast stickers in it. You don't know which spell you're getting. It's one of the nine that was written by either Courtney Hillary or myself. And what I do when someone orders a spell card is I have all nine and I just kind of put them out and I just kind of put my hand over it and I just grab one and then I mail that out. And so I love getting the feedback because people are always writing in and saying, oh my gosh, that, that's exactly the spell card I needed. Like that's exactly the spell I needed in my life right now. So you can always kind of, if you want, take a, take a chance and order a spell card, see what you get. And it might be hopefully the very thing that you were needing in your life right now. But it is, it's one of nine spells that was written by either Courtney, Hillary, or myself. So definitely check that out. Um, there, we also want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. We have a lot of great stuff available on Patreon right now. Last month, we released our full interview with Rachel True and a deep dive into Hollywood horror stories with Jessica Mason. 
You can check out the Hallmark or Horror Game with extra questions if you're just not ready to let the Yuletide go. And we also have our TWL blooper reel, which Courtney had a lot of fun putting together. For as yeah. little, it's hilarious. It's, it's pretty freaking so, We're so bad at ads. I'm so sorry we're to our so sponsors. Bad. We love you so much, but reading them, we're well, just Well, luckily terrible. we don't put out what we record. We yeah, well, that's why we record it. Exactly. That's why we record it like 20 so times not so that we don't sound like dickheads exactly uh, but then if you're a patreon supporter you get access to us being total dickheads exactly. unintentionally <laughs> exactly unintentional dickheads for as little as a dollar a month you can get access to the patreon and other witchism content higher levels gets you access to our private facebook page quarterly special events and boxes of goodies including your very own screaming goat other ways to support the show, if you can't do a monthly donation, you can buy us a coffee or buy That Witch Life merchandise on Etsy. You can also consider becoming an episode sponsor. It's a great way to promote your business to thousands of witches. You can also purchase a shout-out to let people know about your virtual event or just to send love to your favorite witch. And you can find out more on our website at thatwitchlife.com. And I think we are ready for a word from our sponsors. Yes. You all know that we are all obsessed with herbs around here. All three of us lost our minds when we discovered Fox and Elder. Fox and Elder is a small farm just north of Nashville, Tennessee, run by Sarah Schuster, who was an herbalist, herb farmer, and plant witch. Their work not only offers a variety of herb-based products, but also offers education on homesteading and herb cultivation. Fox and Elder's products include teas and tinctures, including a line of tarot teas based on the major arcana. Their empress tea draws on a variety of floral notes, herbs, and peaches, which includes calendula, hawthorn leaves and flowers, lavender, plus other delicious herbs. I'm totally particular about my teas. I'm super picky. And so I'm super stoked that they offer custom tea blends working with clients to blend something wonderful and delicious just for you based on your needs and desires. Fox and Elder also offers a monthly zine called Full Moon Fill up, which offers tarot spreads, herbal profiles, and recipes. The Samhain issue will have a focus on ancestral work, a tarot spread for the full moon in Taurus, and an herbal profile on Skullcap. Fox and Elder also offers a podcast called Tending Seeds, which covers a variety of homesteading and herbalism topics available on all major platforms or directly on their website, so be sure to subscribe and add Tending Seeds to your listening rotation. Their episodes follow the seasons and do deep dives into gardening and how to find powerful magic and healing in different herbs you can find in your yard or just along the road. As a witch who does a lot of work with quote-unquote weeds, I was fascinated by episode 29's exploration of goldenrod. I know I will be listening as my husband and I finally start growing our own garden. To receive 15% off your first purchase of teas, tinctures, or a full moon zine subscription, go to foxandelder.com. Com and enter code THATWITCHLIFE at checkout. Fox and Elder, meeting you where you are, offering a variety of ways to step onto the plant path. Thank you to Fox and Elder for being an episode sponsor. 
In November, we had the amazing Don Hunt of Kachina Aurora on the show to talk all about food magic. And since then, we've all been obsessed with Kachina Aurora and their line of magical and delicious products. Seriously, I dressed my holiday dinner with a savory sage oil charged for wisdom and knowledge. And I bought my food-loving in-laws Kachina Aurora gift sets, which include infused olive oils, a garlic-infused olive oil for protection, and a rosemary oregano-infused olive oil charged for peaceful energy. I was delighted when Kanani bought me the same set for my Yule present. Now that I've done buying for other people, I am all about getting a bunch of this for myself because I am I'm <laughs> so excited. Kachina Aurora's oils are all made by hand and they do visualization and meditation over all of them as they're made. So they are infused with not just the flavors, but also the energies of the herbs and spices. And what's super awesome is that Dawn now has a new cookbook available, A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance. There are just so many good recipes in this book that are both delicious and will also help you focus in on the areas of love you'd like to enhance. I am someone who cooks a lot, so it's a great tool for me to plan meals that complement the magical work I'm doing. For example, she has a kale, chickpea, and quinoa salad designed for both health and opening the heart chakra. But this is a great book for witches who don't cook too. You can use it to think about which foods you might want to eat that will support your magical work as she lists the magical properties in many common foods. Whether you're interested in A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance or any of the other amazing oils or magical food products that Kachina Aurora offers, they have a special rate for our listeners. Go to kachinaaurora.com and enter Witch Life 2021 at checkout to get 10% off. The offer is good all year. Thank you so much to Kachina Aurora for being an episode sponsor. If you've listened to us at all, you know that all three of us are completely obsessed with shiny pretty things, especially me. Shiny pretty things include tattoos and piercings as well as jewelry. 2020 was a total drag, so 2021 is the perfect time to be the best sparkliest version of yourself with some custom tattoo work, killer jewelry, or a new piercing. Adorn Body Art has unique jewelry designs from vendors all over the world, so we were super excited to partner with Adorn as an episode sponsor. Established in 2000, Adorn is a woman-owned tattoo piercing jewelry studio dedicated to offering the best service to their clients and local community with three thriving locations in Southeast Portland, Beaverton, and Vancouver, Washington. Adorn's selection is not only the largest in the Pacific Northwest, but they also carry the highest quality of ornate, ethically sourced, natural adornments, which is a big deal for me. From amethyst to rutilated quartz to tiger's eye and citrine, they have jewelry options with stones for every chakra. And you can order online. The thing that separates Adorn from other studios is that they are focused on art and not attitude. Their mission is to help their clients feel like the truest version of themselves and achieve body autonomy. If you're looking to get pierced, Adorn can also assist with custom creating the piece of jewelry of your dreams to be as unique as you. So the possibilities are endless. With ongoing education for each piercer who is also certified through the Association of Professional Piercers and state-of-the-art sterilization and sanitation, you are always safe and get the very best when you come to Adorn. Adorn operates by appointment only, so go to adornbodyart.com where you can also see a sneak peek of the gorgeous jewelry that they carry. Adorn is just amazing, so make sure you check out their incredible jewelry selection or book an appointment today. Thank you to Adorn Body Art for being an episode sponsor. 
We are super excited because Teresa Reed is joining us today. Teresa Reed, a.k.a. the Tarot Lady, has been a full-time tarot card reader for close to 30 years. She is the author of the Tarot Coloring Book, an illustrated tour through the world of tarot with coloring sheets for every card in the deck. Teresa is also the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no-BS guide for the astro-curious, and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times with Shaheen Miro. In addition to doing private tarot readings, teaching tarot classes, and speaking at tarot conferences, Teresa also runs a popular website, thetarolady.com, where she dishes out advice, inspiration, and tips for tarot lovers of all experience levels. And you can follow Teresa on Twitter and Instagram for her daily six-second tarot readings. How have you been, Teresa? I've been amazing. Well, as amazing as can be expected in the midst of all this uh, 2020, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> you call them shenanigans. I feel there like that's being, that's being too nice. <laughs> don't be nice to 2020. Don't Kanani. be nice we to 2020. Want to, Jesus. We don't. <laughs> we don't want it to ever feel welcome again. No, I keep saying that 2020 can kiss my grits. That Seriously. is what I've been saying all the time. Yep. That sounds about right. I I had so much fun after we had you on last year to do our what's coming in 2020. I actually started have been following you on Instagram and love your your videos. I've been watching your little when you go live with your videos to kind of just talk about things and so I'm one of your I'm one of your Instagram fans. Yay. One of the crappy things about, one of the many crappy things about 2020 is I can't see Teresa Reed in person so we can talk shit about people telepathically, which is what we do. <laughs> yes. It's, cra- it's crazy because we have such a bizarre telepathic communication. If we're across the room, you know we're reading each other's mind and you know it's snarky. <laughs> Oh my God. But it's well-deserved snark. Like we don't make fun of people's clothes or the way they talk. We, we, we more criticize the things they say and how they treat other people. So we are, it's righteous snark, not mean snark. That's fair. Yes. That's fair. We're never, we're never malicious. It's just kind of like, if you see somebody doing something really awful, we're definitely thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So have you done anything? How was your how was your 2020? Did you do anything new or are you working on anything new right now? Well, my 2020 had, of course, like everybody, a high and low. Uh, I published another book, Tarot No Questions Asked, Mastering the Art of Intuitive Reading. That came it's out a so few months good. ago. Wonderful oh, book. Thank you. Thank you. And I started a Patreon account and where I started doing all my teaching. So I've been teaching there regularly. Uh, and that's been going very well. And then I've been doing this little, you know, ongoing Instagram thing. But, you know, it, also in 2020, we've had to cancel, like everybody, every single trip. No tarot conferences, nothing. No book tour for this last tour, which was very strange because I usually always tour for that. And, you know, just, and my daughter had to cancel her wedding and postpone oh. that. Yeah, and now she she postponed it for next March. But she's like, I think I'm going to have to have a very tiny wedding and do a reception later. And I'm like, I think you're right. It's yeah. so it's been it's been a year with some really hard stuff. And you know, we've had loved ones get really sick. I've lost a cat, my favorite mm-hmm. cat. So I mean, I, but but this is everybody's had the same type of year. We've had you know loss. We've had gain. We've had lessons learned. And it 
I mean, when I look at the astrology of last year, I'm like, of course this year went like this. Of course it did. You know, so that's that's what it's been like. But I'm very excited about the book, and I got new projects coming next year that I can't talk about yet. So, yeah. Ooh. I bet I'll read your mind. I bet I'll figure it out. I'm going to sit here and think on it. You probably will. (laughs) (laughs) And then people are going to have to bribe me. I'm very, very hard to bribe. So you're all going to have to come up with some pretty hefty bribes. Oh, I'm easy to bribe. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm super easy to bribe. Just hand me some coffee and I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Kanani works in coffee. Teresa works in in, um, gossip and uh, maybe wine once in a while. Well, chocolate with caramel works wonders for me. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, a good meal. I'm a sucker. Yeah, but you're also a sucker for a good piece of gossip. You will, you will, you will spill the beans if I trade you. It's like I'll tell you something if you tell me yes. something. But you know what's really weird, and this is where my moon in Scorpio is. I am the best secret keeper, actually, ever. Mm. If I am meant to keep a secret, if someone says keep this down, you will never know about it. I've got secrets that you would not even believe. I am like a closed book. So I draw the line at certain things. I'm actually incredibly incredibly good at keeping secrets i'm i'm exactly the same i I, my i have a friend who um you know she always kind of thought like the rule of thumb was you know anything you tell someone they've probably told their spouse and so like later she would say something to my spouse that she had told me like the year before and he's like what and she's like she really doesn't tell you does she and i'm like no if you tell me not to tell anyone then i tell no one yeah, yep. and that's that's me with my Scorpio moon. No, it was funny because a friend of mine had told me she was pregnant and she told me not to tell anyone. I said, okay. And then later when we were on Zoom and I was talking to her, she's like, oh yeah. And she started, and Brian, my husband was like, wait, you're pregnant? And I, and I, and she said, yeah, Courtney didn't tell you. I said, you told me not to, but she yeah. was like, yeah, but <laughs> you're, it's your husband. Yeah, you're like, like, yeah. you said no, so I didn't do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like we like the juicy gossip. I don't like malicious gossip. I also draw the line of that. I don't like anything mean, mean-spirited. I do like knowing what's going on, though. I like knowing things. But I also, I am very good at keeping my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, then when you do that, then people give you the good stuff. That's why you have to be a good <laughs> secret keeper or people won't give you the really good stuff. They'll just give you the mediocre stuff. Right on. <laughs> it's, that's true. It's that's all true, part of actually. the plan. It's all part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one yeah. of the things that we did was uh, for any new listeners we have out there, Teresa actually was on for us last year and gave us uh, kind of her prognosis of what was going to be coming in 2020. And listening back to that episode, we kind of wrote down some things that that she nailed. She so would nail everything them- she said, everything she said. I think that what I, what I, uh, <laughs> what I wish, um, I, um, had, had asked you about is you had said something in the fact of like, yeah, there's some pretty big things happening. We can't go into all of them. And so, um, Hillary and Kanani and I were like, tell us about the election. And now I wish I could go back and say, unpack that. I'll bet you had a pandemic waiting in there. Well, you know, here's the thing with astrology that I like to say, and, and tarot too, for this matter. Astrology is theory. It is theory. And, you know, there's still a lot of things that can influence exactly how that interpretation works out. So a lot of times when we are doing any type of, you know, looking ahead and predicting things, we're looking at the energy and we're like, okay, well, this is tough or this is good and this is how it might manifest. But sometimes it manifests exactly the way you said, but just not how you thought. You know, so like last year has, this last year has had some really difficult aspects. Well, 
it was shocking that it was a pandemic that came along, you know, but, you know, we all knew that this astrologers knew it was going to be a tough year. And I got to tell you guys, inauguration day, we've got some tough aspects. I I don't like it when you're right. I don't like it when you're right. And I know, and when you say these things, I know you're right. (laughs) We got, we got some tough aspects that day. So it's going to be, it's going to be a rough day. We've got to brace ourselves. Well, some of the things that you had said in your, your, when you were on us, when you were with us last year was there's some heavy stuff happening in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. There will be a tremendous amount of political upheaval due to the Pluto return. Saturn, (laughs) which we're still in. Saturn is going to wreck a bunch of things and rebuild a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. Yep. Setting a vibration to think about the use of power and how do we want to take care of the earth and each other. This is a time when we will need to start addressing that. It will be a big theme for this year, thinking about the use and abuse of power. Uh huh. In December, Saturn <laughs> aligning with Jupiter, setting the tone for the next 20 years, it will be a huge shift away from just money and power and more toward brotherhood and caring for each other. It's the last gasp of the old way, and it's going to go down kicking and screaming, destroying as much crap as it can along the way. You don't yeah. say. You don't say. Going through that. That gives me the chills thinking about what's happened in Nashville. Uh, yeah. Yes. Nashville. And even like what's happening right now with this contested election. It's so ridiculous. Talking about kicking and screaming. Yes. Well, and one of the things that I like too was, which I mean, could not be more true is we will be thinking a lot about what's possible for everyone, not just the privileged few. Eliminate student debt. The election's going to be a shit show. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Don't count Donald out. He has a lot working for him, but also a lot against him. Lots of power plays and a lot of men flexing their bullshit and a lot of power going down, kicking and screaming and wagging their dicks around. <laughs> that pretty <laughs> so, much summed up the last so year. like only 100% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you pretty much nailed 2020 like to a T. So my question is, was there anything in 2020 that surprised you? Well, of course, the pandemic surprised me. I mean, that really surprised the heck out of me. Uh, I would probably say out of everything. And also, I was actually, frankly, surprised that Biden ended up being the candidate. Mm. So, you know, I was looking at people's charts left and right. And I I was actually, that was a little bit surprising. But the pandemic, I think, uh, you know, some people are saying, oh, my God, everybody, you know, who could have predicted that? And I'm like, I don't know. A pandemic's pretty darn hard to predict. I didn't see anything about that. I just knew the planets were going to be tough. But again, it's theory. We don't know what that means. So it was pretty shocking. We hadn't mentioned it, I think, when it first happened because it was, you know, when you do magic and stuff, it's it's private and personal. But um, a year prior to March, the year, the March prior, Um, we had done, we had gone to the beach. It was like in February or March, we'd gone to the beach and we had done a a ritual. We had talked about the ritual, but we didn't talk about all the, you know, messages we got and things. Well, the message that I got that I said to everybody after our ritual was that this time next year, 
nothing will look the same and the world is going to be completely different. And we were super excited because we're like, oh, the podcast is going to take off. Everything's going to be great. You know, thinking, you know, that's what we were thinking from the message. And the message was entirely true. You know, a year later, the world was completely different. Right. And And we still got a lot of change going on. So it's going to be very different in 2024. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I guess so since we pretty much see that you completely nailed 2020, what are some things or big events that you are seeing for 2021? Well, I think first of all, we need to keep an eye on this inauguration. Because the planets are going to be pretty funky that day. Uh, We are starting out with a void moon in the morning. And we end up getting into Taurus. at uh, The moon will go into Taurus at 1.56 p.m. But before, here's the interesting thing. When the moon turns void, it turns void on inauguration day at 3.29 a.m. Eastern time. And at that time, the moon is going to be in Aries. When the moon in Aries is very aggressive and it's going to square off with Pluto in Capricorn. And remember, we're in the midst of our Pluto return. So that shows there's going to be some aggression and anger early in the morning. So that's number one. Now, once the moon goes into Taurus at 1.56 p.m., first of all, moon loves being in Taurus. It's exalted in Taurus. Uh, So it's going to bring like a calming force. But notice what I'm saying. But we're going to have Mars conjunct Uranus at 3.38 p.m., which means there could be surprises. And those surprises could be Um, perhaps really nasty. There might be people getting really angry. There might be some sort of an uproar. There's certainly going to be a lot of uproar online because of the Uranus's, you know, oftentimes I connect that with technology. Then the sun and moon are going to square off at 4.02 p.m. And that is also about, it's about ego. It is about power. It is about self-expression. And then the moon is going to square off again with Saturn at 10 p.m. I mean, so, I mean, that is also going to be issues around, again, being serious about power, about the public feeling one way. Uh, I think we're going to have a very, very ugly election, uh, inauguration day. So don't be shocked if things are uh, tense, if the news is really tense on that day, if, um, People are trying to rain on his parade, so to speak. I I think it's going to be a a pretty intense day. And I I will say right now, if I was the astrologer for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, I'd be like, you guys, you need to have as much protection as possible. I don't want you out there walking and waving to the crowd. Mm, Yeah, I think they've already said they canceled the parade. Yeah, they need to. Yeah, they need to. Yeah, that's already been canceled. It's too ugly. And astrologically, it is too ugly. So that would be the big thing that I would first say for the, for the first thing of the year, I think inauguration day is going to be really ugly. And shortly after inauguration day, we have our first Mercury retrograde of the year. So we're already in the shadow period of Mercury retrograde too. So expect a lot of disinformation on that day, already starting to come to the surface. I think inauguration day is a day to watch. It's going to be a very intense day. Uh, It's a day where there's a potential for a lot of ugliness and a lot of misinformation. And, you know, so that's going to be the first thing I want to kick off. And we've got a couple things happening this year that I think we want to pay attention to. First, first let's put up, let's talk about the good things. Uh, So Jupiter's in Aquarius and Jupiter's much happier in Aquarius than it was in Capricorn because in Capricorn, it is 
it's not happy. It is like Jupiter, which is the, the big beneficial planet, suddenly cannot move. It cannot do its thing. Bree Saucy and I were talking about it this morning, and I said it's like Clark Kent is stuck inside a phone booth and can't get out. <laughs> That's what the energy is. But now Jupiter's in Aquarius, and Jupiter likes being in Aquarius. Jupiter means we can expand the community to, com- to create a seat for everybody at the table. I think it's going to be a very big theme next year. And also Saturn's in Aquarius. Saturn loves being in Aquarius. Now, Saturn did not mind being in Capricorn, by the way, but Saturn in Aquarius, Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius, just like it is of Capricorn. And Saturn in Aquarius, well, now we're going to build bridges. We're going to build bridges so we can have those seats at the table for everybody so that we can start really focusing on justice and we can start building better infrastructure for our technology. So together, these two planets are much happier and they're working together well. The other thing that Jupiter is going to do, it's going to go into Pisces. And it's going to do that um, on May 13th until uh, July 28th. And then it's going to go back into Aquarius. Now, when Jupiter's at a Pi- in Pisces, it's exalted. And I think when Jupiter's in Pisces, I think that's the time we're going to start really feeling positive and optimistic. I think we're going to have a lot of the, uh, this virus under control at that time. We're well on our way to really getting it handled. Uh, so I think that's going to be a time where we start resuming, not necessarily the way things were before, but we're going to be going back to a new norm. I think there's going to be a lot of optimism. I think people are going to be feeling like, oh my God, we've got faith again in things. So I think that's going to be a time where the economy bounces back, people are feeling optimistic. And I think in general, a lot of people are going to be finding reasons to start feeling hopeful again next year. Now, there are some challenges coming next year, so I wanted to talk about those good things first. You know, of course, we have our stupid Mercury retrogrades, but, you know, Mercury retrograde, I think we can learn to live with that if we just remember that you just got to slow the hell down. And this year, mm-hmm. Mercury is going to be, the retrogrades are all happening in air signs. So our technology needs to be backed up to the gills, the way we're communicating with each other. We need to be more mindful. I think it's going to be a time also to really address the misinformation that is happening on these social media platforms, especially Facebook. And there may be a lot of things getting done during those retrogrades to maybe even fix some of that. Now, the other thing we have is we have Saturn is going to be squaring off with Uranus. And that is going to be happening on three different dates on February 17th, June 14th, and also on Christmas uh, Eve. Mm. And, you know, Saturn, again, is Saturn's coming along. It wants to build community. It wants to, wants to get to work on all this, this stuff with technology and ideas. Well, Uranus is in Taurus, and Uranus in Taurus is going to say, oh, not so fast, buddy. So what we can expect is definitely, this is what I think it's going to be, I think we're going to see some people in our government really doing everything they can to stymie the progress that the new administration is going to be trying to do. So I, that's how I'm interpreting it. I think we are going to see some big problems around that. I think there's going to be people really wanting to push back. They're going to be, you know, really thinking, oh, no, we're not going to let this guy have a second term, kind of like what they did with Obama. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Interesting. Lots is, of pushback. That is interesting. Well, also the eclipses this year are falling on the Sagittarius Gemini axis, except one, we got a little rogue thing happening in, uh, when the lunar eclipse happens in 
November, it's going to be in Taurus. So that's going to be more about the economy. But the whole thing about Sagittarius and Gemini, we are also going to be seeing, again, a lot of important news showing up around those eclipses. And I think those eclipses are going to bring some big revelations. I think they're going to bring some news that's going to be very important, uh, maybe even a little bit shocking. So we want to really pay attention to the eclipses. There, there's four of them. There's one on May 26th in Sagittarius. Our beliefs are going to be challenged then. There might be challenges to our education system. And the one on 610 is in Gemini, and that's all about our communication. And I think, again, I think journalists are going to be very, very busy this summer around those dates because I think there's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot of drama around those dates. And the other one that's in Sagittarius is on uh, December 4th, and that's a, that's a new moon and solar eclipse, and that one also could be bringing changes in education, uh, changes around travel. It could be bringing a lot of news about religion and, you know, uh, again, about our belief system. So I think we're going to get a lot of really big changes, big news. And again, with that Saturn squaring off with Uranus, expect a lot of pushback if there's anything progressive that they're trying to do. When you see, mm-hmm. when you think we're going to have like big changes or big news, do you see them airing on the more positive side or the more... Eclipses are weird. They're wild cards. You know, a lot of times eclipses, they can bring, they bring change. That's one thing. And it's, sometimes it's hard to see until later exactly what that change meant. Now, for example... Let's talk about this last election. So in the last election, it was on an eclipse. And this eclipse hit Donald Trump directly. And, you know, so anyhow, I had told my son, and I had said to people a long time ago, uh, when he got elected, you know, I had told people, listen, he's got lucky stars that night. Don't count him out. And some people were really mad at me. They thought I was a Trump supporter. I'm like, no, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm just telling you the astrology facts. Well, anyhow, so when he got elected, I wasn't surprised. But I had also said, I said, whoever gets in, him or Hillary, will be a one-term president. Mm. And, you know, of course, people then get mad at me for saying that. You, you never, When you make predictions about politics, uh, whether you're right or wrong, people get very mad at you. So <laughs> I had said, um, you know, I had stuck to that original thing, and I, I saw that eclipse, and I'm like, I don't know. I see a big change coming for him, and I, I just don't think it's going to work out for him. So when it looked like he was winning for a while, my son, who's such a pessimist, he's like, oh, my God, you're wrong, you're wrong, it's going to win. Oh, this is all terrible and awful. And I'm like, first of all, A, whatever happens, happens. You're going to have to live with it. It doesn't matter. Life goes on. And B, I think you're wrong. I'm oddly calm about this whole thing. So, you know, I, I just didn't think he was going to win this time. And I know there's people who think, you know, there's some kind of big conspiracy about the election being stolen. I'm like, no, I, I, don't, think that's, I don't think that's true. If you stand back and look at the facts, I think they're going to see that he did lose. And hopefully he's going to go on and do something. You know, I look at the eclipse. Maybe this could be a game changer for him. Maybe this is going to give him a whole new idea of something else that he could be doing that might be very meaningful and very satisfying for him. So if I look at that for the positive for him, that's what I hope is he's going to come out of this later, really starting something new that feels more right for him. So we'll see. That's awfully optimistic, though. I just don't know. What is, this is meaning? Like, is this like him? printing printing license plates in prison? Is this is this the <laughs> More helpful. That would be more helpful and meaningful than anything I think he's ever done. I always think that 
you know, and this is me. Now, my son and I are very different. I'm an optimist. My son is a pessimist. And I always hope that people learn from their life lessons. I hope they always try to do better. And, you know, I always look at eclipses like maybe this is the time to get it right. You know, so who knows? I mean, we have no idea how, again, it's going to pan out because it's all theory. But all I know is that his life changed dramatically on election day and his life is going to be very different next year. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Also, what's really fascinating is on election night, Joe Biden had the eclipse in his first house. And, you know, there's a there's a girl on, uh, a gal on TikTok and, and Twitter named Marin Altman. And Marin Altman was also saying that Biden was going to win. And she said that she had done some study and that there were a, there was a study where a lot of people who became president did so when uh, an eclipse landed in their first house. In mm. fact, uh, I believe Trump had an eclipse in his first house when he got, he got elected that year. So she put those things out there and she got a lot of people also were like hammering on her on election night when it looked like, like he was going to win, but she, she ended up being right. Uh, or when they thought Biden was going to lose and she was right. So a question that I have is that does an eclipse in the first house indicate the, the one-term presidency? No, no, no. The eclipse was in, it doesn't mean that. It just means you've got a very good chance of getting elected that year. Okay. Okay. So what did you see in, in Trump's chart? Um, and forgive me if you're repeating yourself. Yeah, that, that uh, indicated a, uh, a one-term presidency. Well, first of all, Donald Trump has a pretty fascinating chart. He's born on an eclipse. He is an eclipse baby. Mm. And people who are born on eclipses are here to shake things up. They're here to stir things up. I'm born near an eclipse. You know, uh, believe it or not, our charts in some way are similar, except <laughs> I, don't, I don't have all the Leo stuff in my chart that he has. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, we're very different in some ways, but um, we're both born near eclipses. So eclipse people are here to shake things up. We are here to do something. We're, we're catalysts. And how that turns out, you know, again, it's theory. You always have a choice in how you work with the energy. So what happened on election night is the eclipse landed directly on his natal moon. So it was like an eclipse, you know, um, what do you call it, a uh, return. Mm. And so that means, okay, this is really big. This is a big day for you, dude. Now, if I was this astrologer, I would have been getting prepared for all this stuff. And I would have been really helping him. Hey, let's get prepared for this new chapter. And what I would have been telling him if I was his astrologer, I said, listen, dude, you're Gemini. You got all this stuff in your 10th house. I think you should absolutely start your own network. And I think that you should go ahead and compete with Fox News. That's what I would have advised him. I said, if you don't win this election, that's what you should do. But, you know, I'm not his astrologer, so there you go. Hmm. But that eclipse landed directly. It's a life changer for him. It's big. And eclipses where they land in your chart are fascinating because they also can tell you where big changes happen. There was an eclipse that happened a few years ago that landed directly on my ascendant. And I was like, holy cats, I hope that hope that doesn't mean something terrible about my appearance. This is me, Libra Rising, right away, worried about the appearance. But what ended up happening is I ended up getting a lot more publicity and the book started coming out. And so it ended up being a very good change. Mm. Now, I've got this next eclipse happening in June. It's going to land directly on my sun and Mercury, and it's going to set off this terrible T-square in my chart. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to hide out that day. I'm not going anywhere. So we'll see. But mm. it's fascinating. I've never really, I mean, I've, I've always thought of, 
you know, eclipses as kind of those, you know, wild card days, but I, I guess I've never really thought of them as in regards to my chart the way that I should be paying attention to, you know, that aspect of the eclipse. You should pay attention to it. If it lands somewhere directly, if something hits, here's the thing, if an eclipse lands on something directly, particularly a personal planet, it's huge. Uh, you also want to pay attention to what house is it landing in? What is being impacted? Uh, you know, other things to look at too. Look at what planets, what transits are landing on your cardinal points on your chart. That's big. That's huge. Uh, and this year I've got a lot of big things happening for me astrologically. So we'll see how it pans out. I'm very proactive. I like to lean into it and figure out ways to work with it, which is why I said, again, if I was his astrologer, I would have told him, dude, this is exactly what you need to do. But I'm not. So I know for me with this eclipse coming up and with the things that are going to be hitting my chart, I'm already working very proactively now before it even becomes a reality to get some things set in motion that are going to be to my benefit. Hmm. That's a kind of a perfect segue to the next question I had for you, which are, what are some things that you think people should be maybe focusing on magically in 2021? Money magic. Yes. The number one thing. Money magic. And that's the number one thing because Uranus is still in Taurus. And so I think this is a really important time to really be doing everything you can while Uranus remains in Taurus to steady your income, to attract new money. Uh, so magically, you want to put all of your focus on money and resources and security, period. Um, now, with Jupiter and Saturn both being in Aquarius, this would also be a good time to do things magically for your community. You know, our, we, our community's been splintered because of COVID. We don't get to see each other. I mean, I don't get to see Courtney this year. Come on. I know. So that, it's not fair. But anything that you can do also to strengthen friendships, to strengthen your community, you know, this would also be good things to do magically. I would say the focus, what I would be doing magically, money magic, absolutely. And anything to strengthen um, our communities. I would also say community means also doing magic around social justice. And mm. so we need to be thinking about that equality, human rights, uh, and doing magic to support that. Because, you know, when we're all doing good, then the world is a lot better. It shouldn't just be the few. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Do you have any... It was funny because my, my ears kind of perked up when, when you were talking about building bridges and stuff. And I know that you were, you were meaning it in a more uh, kind of metaphorical term, but I'm wondering... Do you see that, because uh, one of the best things I think that could happen in this country is for them to pass the, an infrastructure bill because yes. the yes. jobs that that could bring for significant jobs, well-paying jobs with, with health insurance and benefits that people need across this country. Is that something you think might be happening? I think that's something that could be happening. And also, and I'm going to say this here out loud, which, uh, you know, I'm going to sound like I'm being controversial with some people. People get mad at me when I say things, but I'm like, listen, I'm just telling you what I think or what I feel. I think, yes, we were going to see some stuff with infrastructure, but I also think there's a very good likelihood in the Biden administration. I think weed is going to become legal. Uh, yes. I think it's going to be on the federal level. And I think it's about time. And I think they need to decriminalize it. And I think all these poor people that are sitting in prison, nonviolent offenders Ugh. who got busted for weed. I think it's time to like, let them go. It's time to let them out. It's expunge yes. their records. I mean, this look, if I can go and, and tonight after I'm done talking to you guys, I'm having a nice big glass of wine. If I wanted to go 
like when I'm in California, if I wanted to walk down the street and get a weed mint, why shouldn't I be able to get that? I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm in Wisconsin. We don't have that. And uh, the states that have it, it's so matter of fact. And I'm like, this needs to be legal because it's no different than alcohol. And by the way, alcohol, you hear about people on football days (laughs) getting drunk and beating their wives. What happens when people do a bunch of weed? They're sitting around all mellow watching, you know, Beavis and Butthead. I know. It's like, it's, it's by far less... There's, so, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with alcohol, the addiction rate is significantly, I mean, is, is significant. The, the long-term health effects are significant. You know, I mean, it's like the behavioral shifts with alcohol are significant, you know, all of that. And it's like, to me, ha- well, I mean, having lit, like we, it, it is legal here in Oregon and I lived in California for years where it's legal as well. And I mean, yeah, it is very matter of fact. And I think it's, yep completely insane that it's not legal. And I also think it's completely insane that we have nonviolent offenders sitting in prison because they got busted for weed 20 years ago. Yep. Like, and are you are, kidding me? And most of them are black and brown people too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Disproportionately. Yep. Hugely disproportionate. Yeah. And that's a big problem. I had a job when I was 19 and one of and I was a janitorial supervisor and I worked with people who, who had disabilities. And one of our contracts was with the Portland Police Department. And mm-hmm. I was one of only two supervisors that could do that route because no one else could pass the background check. And at 19 years old, I wasn't even old enough to have done anything interesting enough to make me not have a background check. You were incredibly boring and sweet as a child, like a teenager. You just went to school, to your part-time job, and then to your boyfriend's house to fall asleep on his couch. And go to parties and laugh at Courtney. And that was pretty much it. That was my my high school experience. And so (laughs) my, our supervisor, who was the supervisor of all of us, he couldn't even go in because he had once been caught with pot. This was I got to say, this was probably 2000, year 2000, mm-hmm. in like 1975. See how ridiculous <laughs> He failed the background check because he had been caught with weed, you know, 15 or 20 yeah, years prior. Fucking ridiculous. And it was like the most ass. And I was like, you're kidding, right? And he looked, well, he just rolled his eyes and he's like, no. And I'm just like, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, you know, when you're 18, you got busted with a tiny bit of weed, and now you fail a background check 25 years later. Like, that's insane. Insane. And you know what? It's, it's absolutely strategic and intentional. There is a reason yeah. why Florida went red is because there were almost 2 million people in Florida who were supposed to have their voting rights restored because prior to 2018, they weren't allowed to vote because they had felonies for things like carrying an ounce of weed, or maybe they stole some gum from the freaking gas station when, again, when they were young and they did their time and then they were that, um, and, you know, they've been contributing members to society ever since. And they were supposed to have their voting rights restored. That was an amendment that was passed by the state of Florida. And most of these individuals were black and brown and most likely going to vote Democrat. Well, the Republicans in charge of Florida um, instituted essentially a poll tax 
and said, you can't vote until your court fees are paid. Now, some people owe six digits of court fees. Okay. They're very expensive. But what's even worse, some people weren't able to find out how much they had, they had owed because there was no infrastructure in place. So they're like, I'll pay my fees so I can vote. Well, nobody can. They're like, well, we can't find it. We don't know. So we can't, you can, therefore you can't pay it. Therefore you can't vote. And so when people were, um, you know, blaming certain populations in Florida for not being supportive of Biden, I said, don't blame them. Blame the Republicans who instituted an actual poll tax, which is illegal, to suppress almost 2 million voters in the state of Florida. That's crazy. I say this as someone who worked on that campaign through my day job, is I've done a lot of work in Florida on this very issue. So this is not me just reading stuff on the internet. This is me actually coming from the trenches. So um, that's all of this stuff with, um, it's one thing that to people are going to need to know is that even if, um, um, I, I, even if weed becomes legal in the United States, it's going to be an additional fight to remove these from people's records. Of course. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're so going to do everything. They're going to do everything they can to not make to make that not possible. I mean, it's like it's something that so many advocacy organizations have tried to fight for in states that this is legal in, and it's just. I mean, it, I mean, with not much. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a hard battle, and it's certainly not going to be one that shifts if just because if if it gets legalized federally, it's not it's not going to be that easy. It's not going to be that easy, but I think it's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen in our lifetime. I do. I really I hope think that's so. going to happen. I think weed is going to be legalized. You know, many years ago, I was arguing with another astrologer about this. And I said, listen, weed is going to get legalized in our lifetime. And I said, and I also said uh, that it would be legal for LGBTQ plus people to get married. And this guy said I was nuts. And so far, I'm batting pretty good on this. And I think, I think weed is going to get... Yeah, I think it's going to be legal, and I do think people are going to get this expunged, and they should, because it is BS. One other thing, Teresa, what about shrooms, and what about sex work? Well, I think, well, first of all, this is my opinion. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit longer before shrooms can get legalized, because I think there are people who are very freaked out about it, because of stupid stuff from the 70s, where they think they're going to trip out and, you know, lose their minds, like Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd, whatever that rumor was. So I think that's going to take a little bit longer. And I also think sex work is very problematic getting it legalized, even though it should be, because there's still the people who are going to say nope, someone's going to get exploited, blah, 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 blah. I mean, frankly, I think sex work should be completely legal. I think that people, you know, they should be able to, if that's, listen, I don't judge somebody. If that's how you make your life, I don't care what you do. As long as you're not hurting anybody, as long as you're not forcing anyone to do it, I don't care what you do then. You know, and and therein lies the problem is you're still going to have to look at laws that are going to protect people who decide to, um, to do sex work so that they don't get exploited. And even that's, that's not going to be easy. That's a very complicated thing. Can it be done? Yes. Should it be done? Yes. Um, it's going to be complicated. That's going to take a lot longer, a lot longer. So we just want to give people a heads up. We were going to be talking uh, with Teresa about a listener question and it does involve pregnancy loss. Uh, the listener question was, I recently submitted a post to a witchy pagan group This particular group was dedicated to the practice of divination. The post I submitted was in regards to a spell I had done for healing from my recent miscarriage. Part of the spell was burning a candle till it went out on its own and then interpreting the wax. 
I submitted the picture to this groups in hopes of receiving some feedback and others' interpretations of the wax. I had also hoped for some support and understanding for a, from a group with like-minded people. Instead, my post was declined because of mention of pregnancy. I felt guilty thinking maybe I had broken a group rule. But after rereading the group rules, my post complied. There was nothing that even suggested this subject was off limits. So here is my question. Have any of you dealt with something like this, as in gatekeeping, or someone trying to dictate what is or isn't appropriate for a pagan group? I did, in fact, leave said group because clearly our views do not align. I just thought that a group as open-minded as a witch, pagan, and divination group would be open-minded enough to accept anyone's struggle and offer guidance. Apparently, I was wrong. What is your advice for situations similar to this, a person looking for guidance, support, and acceptance in a group that seems to preach these qualities, but then dictates what they will or will not accept? Well, I have not experienced that in a pagan group. Um, I don't belong to any pagan groups. I don't do any online tarot groups. I stay away from those. But I did experience this with uh, yoga groups. I'm also a yoga teacher. And I had I was very controversial to some yoga teachers because I did not believe in certification. I did not believe in joining the Yoga Alliance. And I also did not believe in allowing a teacher to hit me. And that was viewed as controversial. And I got really lambasted for all of this. And my view is if somebody finds my beliefs to be so incredibly outrageous that they're going to shun me or whatever, well, that is not the group for me. Uh, I don't want to be part of that. If I don't feel welcome, if I don't feel accepted, if I don't feel like I'm getting heard, or at least there's room to discuss things, then why am I there? I'm going to go find more like-minded people. And sometimes also you assume that people are going to be like-minded because you're in a similar spiritual belief, but you're not. And you don't discover that until you spend some time with them. And then it's just time to go. I'm a big believer of walking away and burning bridges. First of all, I just want to say that I, I don't understand why discussion of pregnancy or miscarriage is not allowed in these kinds of groups. Because to me, that's saying if you don't allow talk of pregnancy or miscarriage, then you probably shouldn't talk about marriage or siblings or children or anything like that because it all comes down to, um, to family in a way. Um, however, I also recognize that groups have a right to establish their own rules with the exception of excluding people due to race or ability or gender identity. You know, people, some groups do have a right to say we don't discuss pregnancy here. I think the biggest problem is not the gatekeeping, it's the goalpost moving. That if the, yes. if they're not, if the group leaders are not really clear on what their guidelines are and sticking to it, then it means that they're not really clear on what their values are and they need to get they need to get it with the program. So that to me is a bigger problem. Not that they don't allow to talk of pregnancy. Fine. If someone wants, I think it's ridiculous, but I don't think that that's a, a, a moral issue that they're not letting people discuss pregnancy. I do think it's a problem that they are not conscious of the rules that they've set and are not being clear about it. So that if they're, if they're not allowing pregnancy talk, then they need to go back and reevaluate their, their list of what's not okay and mention that so you're aware. Um, so I right. think it's great that you left that group because obviously they, they don't have their shit together and there are other groups out there that, that do. Oh my God, there's so many groups that are very accepting. You don't need to be part of some... Again, if somebody's not going to welcome you because they assume like, you're, you're not following their arbitrary rules or 
you're not a fit, then get away from it. Forget about it. Yeah. And it's weird. So like when I read this question before I got to them actually saying mention of pregnancy was the reason that the post was declined. I was like, maybe they're worried that someone will try and give health advice or maybe, you know, because sometimes groups will be very wary of, uh, you know, advice for medical issues, um, just because they want people to make sure that they're not doing anything negligent. Uh, but it is very odd that like, they literally said that like mention of pregnancy, which just seems like a very strange thing in general to, <laughs> to, yeah. to not allow in a group. That so was my thought too, like of, of all the rando, you know, like it, I, I don't understand it. Cause you know, sometimes they say there can be like discussion of people can get weird with like, you know, you're not a woman if you don't have a period. So you can't talk about periods or like people get really weird and creepy with stuff like that. But it's like, there's, there's, I, I can't find a reason why pregnancy, you know, even if someone was a transgender female. I can, I can, no, I'll, I'll jump in here. I can, I'll tell you why, you know, because I've, I've, as you guys know, and I don't know that all of our listeners know, my husband and I have been on this infertility journey for five years. And there are times throughout this journey that if I see something discussed as pregnancy, I turn it off. If I see somebody posting photos of their pregnant belly, I unfollow. It doesn't mean that they don't have a right to post it. It means I'm not in a mental state to be able to handle it. At the same time, yeah. This is a divination group. This isn't yeah. an infertility group. So as someone who, who could be upset by this, depending on where I am, I'm also aware of the fact that, that people are going to discuss it, and this is not created for a space that is meant to be supportive of an infertility journey. Um, so <laughs> you can't be all things to all people. It's a divination group. You know, and the thing is, is like, I, yeah, what I found weird is if it was, I mean, and I, you know, I agree that, um, many groups are really mindful of that, but usually they would just ask for like a content warning or a trigger warning so that someone scrolling through could be like, Oh, I'm not going to read that post. I'm an, I'm an administrator for a group of uh, like a magical group online. And, um, similar, like we'll say, Hey, Oh, can you please make sure to put a trigger warning on that? And we have that very clearly stated in the rules. But yeah, I agree with Courtney's earlier comment that they, they don't seem to have clarity on what their rules are or like what that looks like. And I think that that's really the key that this isn't a problem with all magical groups or all pagan groups or all whatever. This is a problem with this group. And I would encourage you to try other groups because I don't think that you'll find that same issue with everyone. And I, but I also want to say as someone who's, who's, you know, been on a, the, a board organization and, and talked a lot to different community members and, and talked to a vast array of different people. Um, there is a, a false sense of security in the witchy pagan community that mm-hmm. everybody is open-minded um, I have met some of the least open-minded people in, in the community at times. And it's kind of, I mean, I hate to say it, but it really is kind of just like every other community where, you know, there's people who are super open, open-minded and, and fairly liberal and, and whatnot. And then there's others that you would assume, right, are LGBTQ friendly and they're open-minded and they're liberal. And then all of a sudden you start talking to them and you're like, wow, hi, wow. Okay. Not at all. So I think that people do need to kind of not necessarily go. I mean, 
it's fairly safe to assume, but always know that just the fact that a organization refers to itself as witchy or pagan does not necessarily mean that they are super liberal and open-minded. And it's the same with yoga groups. I mean, you think that yoga groups are going to be cool and kumbaya, and that's not true. Not true. It's weird. I mean, again, I got I got ostracized because I said I wouldn't let a teacher hit me. <laughs> Which is that's insane. A, that's insane. How dare you? I know. And also, this particular teacher, this is the interesting thing. In the last year, I think it was last year or two, they got in big trouble for sexually abusing their students. Mm. And I'm like, this is why you don't let someone hit you, because what are they going to do next? Yeah. Don't allow that. Yeah, you don't let someone put their hands on but you. But I was period. controversial for that and because I didn't like adjustments and blah, 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 you know. And I don't know. So the, you can find these people having all kinds of issues, be very close-minded in all kinds of these so-called spiritual groups. Yeah. But definitely, you know, and I'm glad she said she already left. And, you know, yeah, has moved on to something else. And I think, you know, that's just kind of like Teresa said, I mean, if it's, if it doesn't work for you, if it's not fitting in with what you're looking for, just find something else because there's so many options and there's so many choices for different groups and whatnot. It's not the only group. Yeah. It's not the only group. And there are, yeah, there are many others. And like Hillary said, you know, it's it's not at all uncommon for someone to like maybe ask for a trigger warning or something like that. I don't think that would, you know, get on anyone's radar. Yeah. And like Courtney said, at the same time, you know, to have a trigger warning would be totally acceptable. But at the same time, to not even mention that that's a thing in your guidelines when it's enough to not only not ask you for a trigger warning, but just bounce it completely. That's the problem. That's, that's, that's the problem. They're that? not, I mean, they're not aligned sense. with, with yeah. their mission. And that's not, that's the bigger problem here. So, well, thank you so much for joining us, Teresa. Um, what is going on with you and coming up and how can people find you? I'm going to telepathically read into the things that she's not saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're going to be tuning oh, yeah. in, Courtney. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they can always find me on thetarolady.com. That's my website. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and my handle there is the Tarot Lady. I don't do much on Facebook, so I don't even bother over there. Uh, but I'm more active on Twitter and more active on Instagram. And, in fact, on Instagram, I usually do my morning astrology forecast right around 9 or 10 o'clock a.m., central time so i'm there every morning talking about the planets uh i've got something new coming out next year that i cannot talk about yet Ooh, uh, it's really it great soon, though. though it's really great though. it is it's going to be awesome <laughs> and i'm also on patreon i have a patreon account and my patreon is where i do extended card of the day interpretations with astrological tidbits i do my political astrology all over there so i talk about all kinds of things like election this week i have been doing the charts for the people in the Georgia runoff and very interesting. So I do that and I teach all of my classes on Patreon and you can find me on Patreon at the Tarot Lady. And that's a great way to support me and to learn with me and with all kinds of other groovy people. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening. If you want to support our show, the best way is to subscribe and spread the word. You can also please consider leaving us a rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, or you can buy us a coffee or check out our merch on our Etsy store. For bonus content, you can become a supporter on Patreon. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
For show notes, audio transcript, or to ask us a question to answer on a future episode, you can go to thatwitchlife.com. Until then, keep moding that shit, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye! Bye, y'all! Cardi Rose from the White Witch Podcast. I'm so chuffed that the lovely That Witch Life podcast let me hop on and just wanted to tell you all about my show. I'm a UK-based witch with a podcast covering all aspects of the craft, be it divination, shadow work, deities, crystals, herbalism, sabbaths, spell work, moon magic, law, and history. If it's witchy, it's on the show. Each show is like a workshop and kicks off with a book review of only books I would heartily recommend. We also have the Literary Witches Coven that you might want to get involved in. We all read a witchcraft book together each month and host a call to discuss alongside other witchy topics. So in addition to listening to that Witch Life podcast, come and check out my show. You can find the White Witch podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all good podcast hosts. Lots of witchy love from me, Carly. Hey, I don't understand why neither one of you noticed the sound effect that I put in the Yule episode, unless you just never listened to the Yule episode. I haven't listened to the Yule episode yet. I only listened to like the first 20 minutes. Well, you didn't mention the jingle bells that I put in. I put sleigh bells in. Where? At the beginning of the episode. Oh, then I didn't notice it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. You're welcome. I spent $3 on that.